Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Jamie, and this is our From the Pasture with Hired Hand podcast. As the owners of Hired Hand website software, we've been developing websites and creating internet marketing strategies for livestock breeders for the past 10 years. The majority of our customers are involved in the breeding of registered animals, such as Texas Longhorns, Highland cattle, horses, and white-tailed deer, where the pedigrees are very important. The From the Pasture with Hired Ham podcast examines many of the differences in raising pedigreed livestock for maximum profit. Join us and learn what we're covering today. Well, today the lady that we talked to has served on the TOBAA board under Joel Limley and Ben Gravitt, so she's been a breeder for quite some time, I would say. Um, she's also clerked cattle sales all over the country for two premier auctioneers, um, and one of her most memorable moments is getting her nose broken by her favorite cow, um, which she says is definitely for a highlight reel. Uh, she's also served three terms on her local TLBAA affiliate. And along with her husband, they travel the country with their grandson and try to make it to all the Longhorn sales. Should I let her in? Let's do it. Okay. Welcome, Christy. Thanks for joining us today. Sure. Very glad to be here. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the Millennium Futurity. You want to let everyone know the date and the location? Yes, uh, the dates are May the 13th, which is when our cattle arrive through the 15th. Uh, and then we will start releasing cattle on the 15th. It's going to be held in Glen Rose, Texas at the Somerville Event Center. Nice. Um, can you tell us a little bit more detailed schedule? Um, well, yes, actually... Uh, as cattle arrive on Thursday, we're actually going to have a, a crawfish boil um, for everybody that arrives on Thursday, and that'll be at the back of the barn there at Somerville Event Center. Um, and then um, we will kick everything off uh, Friday with a brunch that's going to be hosted by the ITLA uh, folks there in Glen Rose and very, very close to the facility and they're going to start uh, serving a brunch for everybody that's in attendance at 11 o'clock. And uh, we'll try to shut that off at about 1.30 because we're going to start the bull futurity at about uh, 2 o'clock on Friday. And then we're going to go from the bull futurity to the heifer sale Friday afternoon at about 5 o'clock. And after that sale concludes, we're going to feed everybody again. So you can see we're focused on food and food and food. <laughs> so we decided to have the dinner after the heifer sale so that maybe everybody is awake and ready to go during that heifer sale. And then we'll feed everybody real good. And then on Saturday, what time do things get started? Uh, Saturday, we're going to start at 10 o'clock with the heifer futurity. And right now it looks like overall, uh, with all the entries that have come in, we're gonna have at least 170 head of cattle between the bulls and the females. So it's gonna be pretty big. Right, it's quite a group. It is. We've got a lot of first timers coming. We're very excited about that. Good. So we know that's a Millennium for Charity. Can you tell us who the hosts of the sale are or who's helping you put it together? You're looking at her. Me, myself, and I, John helps a lot, yeah. but uh, it seemed like it, it ran a lot more smoothly if 
things leading up to the futurity and all the paperwork, et cetera, just came to one person instead of having it disseminated everywhere. And of course, Hired Hand was very instrumental in doing the sale catalog. So was able to take those entries and then funnel them to you guys. And then Pam Dodson uh, puts together the catalog for us for the actual futurity. So while I take on the bulk of the paperwork and the financial end of things, I couldn't do it without Hired Hand and without Pam Dodson. Once we're there and working, Chase Vasut is very instrumental in helping along with Dan Huntington and Bear Davidson. And so we all kind of pull together at the event itself and um, get everything kind of put together and try to make it uh, flow pretty smoothly. Well, nice, it always has in years past, so I'm sure it will again this year. Absolutely. So Christy, tell us a little bit about the early years, maybe for people that don't know how the Millennium Futurity started or how it uh, kind of has changed into what it is today. Give us a little history lesson. Sure. Um, actually, this was the brainchild of Bill Davidson, having had a lot of involvement with horse futurities. He and Ben uh, years and years ago, and Bill pitched the idea to Ben that they could take in a couple of partners or three. I think they wound up initially with five partners and decided, you know, to put this event on in the same fashion as the horse maturities. And it just kind of grew from there because everybody got really excited. They were held in Virginia at first, and then they realized that they could actually expand on that and pull more partners in and maybe pull in more participants if they uh, spread it throughout the country. And at first it looked like it was going to be around the Fort Worth area. Uh, that seemed to be kind of a central area for folks to kind of meet and greet, et cetera. Um, in the early years, John and I were just participants. Um, I got involved. Uh, they called and asked me if I would be a judge. And so John and I flew to Virginia and I was judging, and that was probably their third or fourth year at that point in time, and I was hooked. I just thought, what a neat way to showcase the younger stock that maybe you have a little bit of trouble moving from time to time, and so uh, John and I were talking to Ben and decided we wanted to, to be a partner, and uh, we had to get approval from Ben and the other guys that were the partners then. I think Brent and Cindy were partners and, uh, of course, Mickey Wood and, you know, that gang. And so they said, yeah, yeah, you know, if you want to be partners, that'd be cool. And so, and we had very, very little experience with the futurity at that point in time. And so being able to sit and watch how these guys were judged and, the character of the folks that were involved, uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. And so then, and the, the format of the futurity really hasn't changed that much at all over the years. It's pretty much what Bill and Ben had envisioned uh, way back then. And so we've managed to kind of keep the same format. We might've changed um, dates and the manner in which it was held from time to time, just as a matter of, of convenience mainly. But as far as the, the realm of what goes on at the futurity, it just really hasn't changed. They introduced the Calcutta and that kind of got a lot of people really excited. It's fun to 
sit back and watch folks that have not been involved with the Calcutta and they're very tentative at first, but when that bug bites them, it is Katie bar the door. So it becomes a lot of fun and there's a lot of jovial folks out there that are laughing and have a lot of camaraderie and things in common with the stock. And, you know, I'm going to beat you this year. You got me last year kind of thing. And it, it's just, you know, it has evolved into kind of a, a big family. So we see a lot of old friends that have been with it from the very beginning. And then we see new folks getting excited and that gets us excited. But the, the format really hasn't changed. We've got a five judge system. We toss out the high score and the low score and then average those other three. If we come up with a tie, we have a tiebreaker judge and nobody knows who that is but me. And I designate that tiebreaker judge before the, the futurity ever starts. Um, other than that, like I say, the, the format has pretty much stayed the same. Uh, the Calcutta generates a lot of interest. Um, we're excited by the fact that being the oldest futurity, that we are also the ones that pay out the most. There have been years that we have actually paid out over $170,000 in prizes, in Calcutta money, um, the sales. So we're very excited that even with COVID coming on like it did, that we were able to continue and you know we had to skip a year but we're back I think bigger than ever. Christy when you and John first went to Virginia and kind of saw what the fraternity was about were you is that also the time in your lives that you were showing um, and halter baking cattle or was this kind of your first um, experience with with that sort of the the realm I guess. Oh, no, we've been showing, um, our granddaughter just turned 30. She's been showing cattle since she was six and a half years old. So that's when we started. So, you know, was it 24 years ago, we were showing non-haltered, haltered. Um, and so the futurity was brand new to us as well. But we had been involved in showing cattle, you know, for many years up to that point. And this was just a different way to showcase um, your animals, you know, depending on how many you wanted to put in, you could, and there was no limit on how many you could put in. So in the manner in which they were shown one by one by one, we really liked that idea. So it was just a different realm, but we were still involved in a show type scenario. Have you seen a lot of other uh, folks involved with the shows come over and do the futurities in recent years? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, um, most of the sales now, as you know, are adding futurities um, to their event. And we see a lot of folks that love doing the non-haltered shows. And if they do well in a non-haltered event, realize that that same animal can do really well um, in a futurity. And so we have seen a lot of folks that are jumping over into the futurities and still stay involved with the non-haltered events. Um, with a lot of the shows adding the futurities now, it has increased, I think, their participation levels 
uh, and help, you know, finance their shows and get more money into their organizations and that kind of thing. And it, it really enhances the sales as well, especially when you've got some of the sales that say, hey, if you put your animal in the futurity and they finish first in class, you can put them in the sale and you don't have to pay the consignment fees. And we've benefited from that as well. So I think that the non-haltered events are, are a valuable tool to futurities as are futurities valuable to non-haltered events. So with the Millennium Futurity specifically, has, has there always been a sale there or did it start off as strictly just a Futurity? No, they've had a sale from day one. Okay. Uh, starts with the sale and the person who purchases an animal through that sale becomes right then the owner and the, uh, I guess, the beneficiary, if you will, of however that animal does in the Futurity. So it has always been that through that sale, maybe you don't have anything in the futurity as of yet, but if you buy one of those heifers, now you do. And you own all rights to that heifer. So let's talk about years past for a little bit. Um, what are the, uh, the sale that's had the most consignments? Um, I would be hard pressed to name which one. Now we have had as many as 70 to 72 in the actual sale. Mm -hmm. uh, and that number fluctuates depending on the type of years that we're having, quite frankly. Um, you know, there are years uh, and oddly enough, weather plays a big part in it too, because if you've got a year where you're going through a drought or whatever, you've sold off a lot of your stock, et cetera. So, you know, we've had, I think the most consignments that I have seen in my time was about 70. Nice. Uh, but like I say, we've got 170, including the sale heifers in the futurity this year. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a number that will fluctuate uh, from year to year. But I think the um, probably uh, we may have seen 150 to 170 entries in the futurity where the sale fluctuates anywhere from 50 head up to 60 head, 70 head. Uh, and we try to screen those entries to be sure, you know, that um, they're not, you know, that they're not going to hurt the sale. And I don't mean hurt the sale, but that would actually help the sale, you know, the style of heifers, et cetera. Do you know the highest selling cow you've ever had at the Futurity? Uh, in 2005, there was a heifer that was sold for $72,000. And I didn't have time to do the research to see who sold her. But there was a $72,000 heifer that sold. Nice. Yeah. So looking back again, over all the years that you've helped um, host the sale or that you've been involved in the sale, can you tell us one of the funniest things that you remember? Oh, my um, outside of that millennium rooster, <laughs> that had to be one of the highlights of year before last when we, our last millennium. And I think um, Brent is scared to death. He's going to get the millennium, the, the millennium futurity rooster for a second time. And that's quite possible. You know, it's kind of a fun thing to do, but I got to tell you, some of the funniest events really 
were watching Ben and John or Ben and Oren O'Dell and John Calcutta, Calcutta battle. Uh, Lavoy would be one of the guys taking bids and he and John would work out signals. And so Ben would just disappear and you couldn't find him, but he managed to keep on bidding. And so, you know, watching the, the interactions with the folks that are there and how the Calcutta is going and just, just seeing, you know, you've got such good friends bantering back and forth and, You'll have folks ganging up on another one for the Calcuttas and that type of thing. So there's just lots of laugh and lots of love going on, you know, in that whole barn. But I think, I think that Millennium Rooster is going to take the cake. <laughs> what about the most memorable sale moment? Do you have any of those specifically related to the sale? Um, I think. Not really. Uh, we enjoy so much just watching folks bring out these great heifers. And, you know, if they don't bring $10,000, you're disappointed. But at the same token, you know, you've got your animals out there and they're looking good and they've cleaned them up and they, it's just exciting to see what everybody else has. And so when the sale heifers come through, you know, and, and just seeing how proud folks are of the stock they're raising, you know, whether or not they get the money that they really want, because, you know, quite frankly, we all want a million dollars for our heifers, but, but watching folks reactions and I'm a people watcher. So that's, that's part of what I enjoy is watching the folks as their animals are coming through the sale ring. So I really don't have a most memorable. Um, it was really, really hard you know, we lost Ben and Bill, you know, kept on and, and kept the fraternity going and stuff. And then when we lost Bill, that was very, very difficult. Um, it was kind of like losing your dad. You know, he was he was always there and he was pushing Millennium wherever he went and promoting it wherever he went. And so for a nostalgic moment, it was the first year that we didn't have Bill, you know, and or Ben there. So I guess that would be one of my memorable sale moments. I think they're, they're missed across the industry for, for a lot of different things, but especially the fraternity, like you mentioned. Yes, I do. So for folks coming to the sale that maybe haven't been there in years past or haven't been, I know it moved around just a, a little bit in years recent. Um, can you tell us some suggestions you have for um, things they can do in Glenrose? I, I, would, I would have everybody uh, take a trip down there and go see the dinosaur tracks. That's really fascinating and it's pretty cool. Um, also, if they're interested in learning more about uh, the International Texas Longhorn Association, their office is just right up the hill from the event center. And I know that those folks would love to give a guided tour of their facility and show, you know, what they're doing in this day and age, other than, you know, they're hosting our, our brunch, which is very, very generous. Uh, there's a lot of history in that office. Um, uh, I was talking to Larry Smith a couple of days ago, 
and he was talking about the things that they have added to that office. So that might be a trip worthy to make just to spend, you know, a little bit of time in that ITL office. But I would really recommend those dinosaur tracks. It's, it's fascinating to look at. Other than that, um, it's a small town. They host a golfing um, event every year that my sister-in-law used to go to, oddly enough. Um, but it's a very small community. It's very small community-minded. Um, so I'm sure there are parks and stuff around that I don't have time to go see. But, but uh, they, um, it's a very welcoming little town. And there are plenty of restaurants and that kind of thing. So um, just take some time and drive around the town. And for anyone bringing small children, just be prepared that they're going to get covered in dirt and mud in that arena, right? <laughs> Uh, yes, because it is a dirt arena. So, you know, bring a sand pail and a bucket if you're worried about that and let them get out there and dig. There you go. <laughs> right, right. No, there's, there's, uh, if we've got small kids, there'll be plenty for them to dig in and play in and they usually run and cut up anyway. So burn off that energy. Um, we are going to try to have, um, we'll have a um, bar set up down there for the event. It will be a cash bar, though we're not gonna we're not gonna fund the bar, but there will be a cash bar set up down there in the arena, and uh, we'll have a catered meal after the heifer sale. So all your children are welcome. Uh, bring them. Let's teach them the right way to do things. Well, thanks for joining us today. I think you shared a lot of um, helpful information for anyone that maybe is coming for the first time or just wants to get more involved with the Calcutta or the Futurity part. Right. Well, we look forward to having everybody there. I think it's going to be a really fun event. Um, let everybody know that we have plenty of prizes that we draw for. And this year being the 20th year of the Futurity we're actually going to draw and give away a free partnership and it's a value of $5,000. So uh, be sure you get your ticket when you get there and get in that pot for that drawing. Well, thanks again, Christy. All right, it was good talking to you guys. We'll see you very soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.